Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions, an opportunity for you to get a seat at the table. We've got a great champion this morning, Kristen Kingsbury, who's helping build generational wealth through investing. So let's pull up a seat and let's join in on Breakfast with Champions. But good afternoon. It is lunchtime in my world, and I am so excited to be uh, to see us open for the entire day. As you know, you're in the Breakfast with Champions Millionaire Breakfast Club, and now we're open 12 hours of programming each day. 5 a.m. Eastern is when we open this room. We open on Saturday at 6 a.m. We have Club 111 for your spiritual growth on Sunday. If you're in here and you love the content that we're bringing, go up to the top right corner, click on the house, follow the club. That will notify you when we're in here speaking and just bring good light and love to your life. I'm every single day, I'm just blown away by um, the law of attraction. There is so many fabulous people. Raylan, I have not had the opportunity to connect with you, but I just loved your segment. I loved what you brought to the table. You said, I am proud of the man I am because I made him. And I love that because I think so often that we believe that people they're just that talented. They just were born that way. That's just, they got dealt different cards than we so often can say, but me, but my, but my life and all these things stacked against me. And the truth that I've learned in life is that everybody has a hard life. Nobody gets out easy. Um, And it's just different stories. Everybody's got their own story. So I love the confidence and the power behind. I am proud of the man I am. I made him. And if we could all think of that and start working towards that person that we want to show up as, that we want to show up and be, the cool part about life is that you have the ability to change your decisions and to change it at any moment. So I love, love, love your segment. It is nice to meet you, my friend, um, and awesome to pour into you guys this afternoon, this lunchtime. So today I'm going to share with you 10 ways to be prepared when opportunity strikes. And I say that because I have people come to me all the time and they're like, yeah, but Kristen, like, like, how did you find that opportunity? Where did, I I don't, I can't take that opportunity when it arises. And I, I have conversations so often with people who call and they, you know, Hey, I just can, can I have a coaching session with you? And I just want to talk about like, I want to be here. I want to do and they have this future vision of where they want to go, but they're stumped in, well, how do I get there? And how do I see those opportunities? How do I be prepared to take advantage of them when they do come up? And the truth is, over the years, what I've realized is back to the law of attraction. When you believe that there is opportunity and you see it when it pops up, you'll start to see it everywhere. There is zero lack of opportunity in this life. It is so crazy to me how I can open my eyes and look left and there's one opportunity. Look right. As a matter of fact, there are so many opportunities. It's harder to decide which one to focus on than it is to find them. They're everywhere. So I'm going to give you 10 ways to be prepared when they come about because not all opportunities are created equal and you want to make sure that you are taking advantage and prepared to take advantage of the right opportunities. So number one, and I'm going to keep this so simple, 
is have time, have time. You can't say yes to everything. I used to be one of those people that I wanted to be a people pleaser. I wanted everybody to like me. I wanted to always, you know, be the one that could solve everybody's problem. And what I found happening in my own personal life is that I didn't have time to say yes to the things that actually mattered because I had overcommitted to all these things. And I would find myself up at 10, 11, 12 o'clock at night trying to finish the things that I needed to do for me and my mission because I had said yes to everybody else. And all of the, you know, they, they learn very quickly that you're the yes man, that if they go to you, you're going to be the one that says yes. And so I say to you, have time because we all have the same hour of, number of hours in the day. And you cannot say yes to everything because everything, every yes that you say has a required no. If you say yes, if I say yes to be here from noon to one on Wednesday, I'm saying no to any other opportunity that could present itself at this time. So you have to make sure that the yeses you're saying, that you understand what you're saying no to when you make those commitments. By saying yes to things without considering what you have to turn down to make it happen, you rob yourself of the opportunity to have time to accept the things that do. Ask yourself, is yes to this person, is yes to this event, is yes to this opportunity gonna take away from my ability to say yes to a future person that I need to know, a future opportunity, a future thing that I need to learn? Is saying yes to this thing causing me to say no to something that will move me forward in the direction I want to go. That I I went crazy this week on preparing with, I love Warren Buffett. He has some of like the greatest quotes of all time. So I'm just going to drop so many Warren Buffett quotes on you today. I love the one, the difference between successful and really successful people is that successful people say no to almost everything. I have a friend that I just love to share this friend because this friend is just like out of the norm. I, I honestly, this friend is like a shining star that I never see very many people like this. And I've watched this friend. This friend is in real estate. Um, honestly, same number of years that I've been in real estate. Um, this friend started out running a sales team just like me. This friend is no older than I am. This friend, when I met them, was running a small sales team, and it looked like, wow, you've got all this together. And in the last, oh, how many years has it been? Maybe seven years, I've watched this person go from running a small sales team, which was phenomenal at the time because this was before there was real estate sales teams. You were a real estate agent. You did everything on your own, and that was that. And I watched this person go from running a single team to running about, I want to say, I, I think there's about 40, maybe 50 teams around the country creating a software program that services all of them, including all kinds of other small business owners that run real estate related businesses, to buying and building several other companies, learning to leverage and learning to master hiring talent to building a net worth higher than I truly, I think higher than anybody I personally know, far greater than uh, the politicians, the presidents, all of these. And I'm looking at this person and I'm saying, dang, you went from being nearly homeless as a kid to having a net worth that is higher than most of the leaders of, of countries. Um, and, and being able to take that net worth and bless 
huge, huge communities. I remember, and this this was way back in the day when he was still running a small team. I remember he went to Kmart at Christmas time and he paid off everybody's layaways at the Kmarts in his local town because he wanted to bless the families that were there. And I look at this kid and I say, what's the difference between his success and the success of others? And I raise my hand, including myself, because though I have great success, my, my success does not compare to what he has done. And the difference between what he has done, the very successful, is that he says no to almost everything. One of the things that he <laughs> that he mentored me through at one time is he's like, Kristen, I love people and I want to say yes to people. He said, but I'm not a good gatekeeper myself. So I, if people schedule with me, I, and this might sound silly, but this is just a strategy that works for him. He said, I have my assistant the day before the appointment, call all of them and tell them that something came up that I had to reschedule. And he said, and what you'll find is that the majority of people never actually cared about the appointment enough to reschedule it anyways. He said, I free up almost 50% of my day every day by just determining who actually cared about that appointment and needed it versus who just raised their hand and wanted to see if they could, you know, if they could get a minute of my time. So silly, silly, but he says no to almost everything and the world that he's built and the number of people that it blesses is unbelievable, unbelievable. So number two, actually I made a little note. I said life by design means knowing your priorities and being comfortable saying no to anything that takes you away from them. And when I think of that, sometimes that shows up in my life as I, I, I love to travel for training. I love to go meet with my friends across the country. I love to go be a part of all these events. But I always said my number one priority, no matter what, above success, about like to be successful in my life, my number one priority is to be right with God. My second priority is to be an amazing wife to my husband. And my third priority is to be an amazing mother to my children. And everything else falls under those things. And so sometimes things come up and there's a great business opportunity. And it's like, yeah, but that's your daughter's first birthday. And if there's not a way for me to incorporate her into the plan, one year I actually took her to the beach on a, on a coaching training event that was going to be awesome because it was a blessing to her and the family and it was fun to do. But if that's going to take away from something that's important to my priorities, which are my children, then I say no, even if sometimes it feels like you're losing um, something that you wanted to be a part of. There will always be more opportunity. Number two, when opportunity shows up, you need to have money. It's that simple. Hold your money accountable. You need it to create your future life. I say this all the time, but people lose so slowly with money that they think they're winning. I see people all the time who are out there making big dollars, but they spend as much as they make and they go make more and they work harder and then they increase their lifestyle. And so they're actually never getting ahead. They just are losing so slowly that they think that they're winning and you need money when opportunity arises so that you can take advantage and execute and win that opportunity. People let the $5, the $10, the $50 spins. Oh, it's so easy to just click that button on Amazon and have it delivered to your door tomorrow. And it gives you that instant gratification. 
I am a sucker for a Dutch Brothers coffee, but if you add up how much money it costs over the year, those shoes, that handbag, your truck payment, all of the things that you justify, you are literally losing future opportunities to build generational wealth and change the lives of the people that you love because you're letting your emotions and your instant desires drain your future freedom funds. Successful investors remember that excitement and expenses are actually their worst enemy. Why do you think salespeople rely on emotion? Because when you make emotional decisions, when they can get you to make a decision in emotion, then they make money. Instead, hold your dollars accountable and make future investment money a line item on your budget. Pay yourself first. Pay yourself first and then remainder money. After you've put that as a line item on your budget, remainder money later can go to the things like the Dutch Bros coffee and the extra pair of shoes and those things that you want. But pay yourself first and make sure that your future money is growing because those opportunities will show up and you want the ability to execute on them when they do. Gosh, I'm crazy about that. It's just these little items you think in your mind that they don't add up but they happen so frequently and over time, uh, gosh, it's just, it blows my mind when you look at your bank account and you audit your bank account. I play this game with myself called red light, green light. And I tell you guys about this often. Some of you guys are probably here in the afternoon and not in the mornings, but I play red light, green light with myself. And I go through and I print out three months of bank statements. And I say, all right, three months of bank statements. I'm going to highlight everything red that is absolutely stupid. I don't know why I spent money on it. And I don't even know. Uh, it's adding nothing to my future. It's literally robbing my future fund. And so I go through with red. And that means those are the expenses I have to get rid of. That was totally dumb. And I don't want them to repeat themselves over and over and over again over time. And I can tell you those things are there even if you think they're not. If you haven't looked, those are... Uh, I'll give you some examples in my checkbook. Um, checkbook. Do we even have checkbooks anymore? But in my bank account, you've got GoDaddy expenses because I love to buy domain names. I have all these creative ideas and I'm like, hey, I want that one. And then pretty soon, two years down the road, they've been renewing, 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 renewing. I've done nothing with that domain name. I could sell it to somebody. And yet I'm still, it's going out as an expense. And it adds up year after year after year. Um, so just thinking of get rid of those red line items, the yellow in my red light, green light is me highlighting things that, you know, I've justified why I should have that, but it's probably not getting me the return that I want. And I probably don't really need it. I might even have that tool or that thing, or can get it somewhere else from something else I own. Um, those are the yellow ones. Those are the ones that you watch and you get rid of um, if you can find another place that can support you in that fashion. Sometimes that's staffing. Sometimes you have extra staff that cost you a fortune because at the time you needed them and you just didn't pay attention as the business changed um, and as the roles changed, you just didn't pay attention to whether you still needed that expense or not. So just watching. And then of course the green lights are the ones that are highlighted green, that are your, look, I have to have this. This is a must have. This is what what keeps me alive. Um, So you have to have money because when the opportunity comes up, and I think this is where people fail the most, 
somebody brings an opportunity to you because they're everywhere and you don't have the money to take advantage of the opportunity. Even if that's just a down payment, even if that's just a contribution to a joint venture opportunity with a friend, if you don't have the money, you don't get to take advantage of the opportunity. So remember that when you're letting it just flow through the bucket, through the holes. Number three, have relationships. Take the time to nurture relationships, to learn the goals of the people that matter to you, because by knowing them, you're going to recognize opportunities to help them win at their mission. And when you do that, they do the same for you. They show up for you too. And you can often find times to create joint venture investments. You can go partner on businesses. You can go um, build things together that are profitable because you knew them well enough. So often we're so consumed by what we want that we forget to just shut up and listen to other people and to listen to what they need and to listen to how we can serve them and to listen to what talents and skills and gifts either the people that we know have that we can connect them to, or maybe we have them and we just completely missed an opportunity by not slowing down to get to know the people in our world that matter. Have a reputation of high integrity, expertise, and high customer care. Your relationships are what support your business. It's funny, um, when, I, when I coach real estate agents in building um, real estate teams or real estate businesses, you start out and you really lack relationships. So your one job is to go find relationships, build relationships, nurture relationships. And when you first start, it feels like um, you're pushing a rock up a hill. You really are. It's just like you're trying to get the momentum. And then what you find over time is that if you if you maintained that integrity and you built that reputation, all of a sudden, the snowball just keeps rolling and building and building and you can't even stop it. It's, I always say it's like pushing a train. If you were pushing it yourself, it'd be like almost impossible to get it started. Most businesses fail in the first two years. You're pushing, you're pushing, you're pushing, you're pushing. But once you get that momentum, it just becomes this, um, uh, what is it like this force that just can keep the momentum going and it becomes so much easier and it's because of the relationships that you build along the way pretty soon you don't have to even go generate a lot of new business because your people and your the people who know you love you and trust you bring business right to you um your relationships are what support your business it takes 20 years to build a reputation and five minutes to ruin it i can't tell you how important it is for you to think that through. If you think about that in those terms, it will cause you to make different decisions. Yesterday, um, I had a, a million dollar house that I'm on the side on both sides of. And so essentially there's, um, you know, like I'm, I'm running the buyer side, or I'm sorry, I'm running the listing side. And then I've got a buyer's agent on my team that I've put in the buyer side so that each party can be represented. And in this time of like fear and anger, like customers are running around and nobody trusts anybody and everybody is sure that somebody else is out to get them. And I had a call yesterday in my business and this lady just lit me up and was like telling me like I was doing something horrible and I was lacking integrity. And I literally was able to stop her and say, ma'am, 
I can give you a list of all my past clients and you are welcome to call them and you can ask any of them if I've ever done them harm or ever done anything in which I lacked integrity. And I spoke to this woman and I told her, whatever it is that you're uncomfortable about, let's talk through it and let's see where your fear and where you're like, where's the issue? But because A, I had built a reputation of high customer service and integrity, I was able to take this woman down this path, offer her all of these resources to make her comfortable and identify that the problem actually wasn't me at all. It was the fact that she was paying more money than she felt comfortable paying and that she wanted to be shopping in a smaller price point that we hadn't talked about. Um, and anyway, long story short, it ended up that it became a great relationship, but I had a reputation that I could put on the line and say, here's all my phone numbers, call any of them. And it can take just minutes to ruin a good reputation by getting in business with the wrong people, by taking the right opportunity with the wrong people that can ruin the reputation you've spent years building and opportunities come to people that you know, you like, you know, you can trust, and you know you want to be in business with. So be that person for others. Sales and profits are created when people know you, like you, and trust you. Loss of opportunity, lawsuits, holes in the finance bucket come when people are questioning your character, they're questioning your intentions, and they're questioning the dealings that they've had with you. Number four, have a skill. If you don't have a lot of money, make sure you have a skill. Um, if you don't have enough money, have a skill. Those with money will partner with those with skill. And oftentimes those are your first investments. Those are your first financial opportunities to build passive income. Invest in yourself, read. I, I still like, David Spizak one day was talking and this just sticks in my head because I never made it this simple and this tangible. He said, if you read, I think it was 10, it was less than 10. I think it was five. If you read five pages a night, nope, I'm lying. If you read 10 pages a night for five years, you can be considered an expert in your field. Think of how really simple that is. If you time blocked 10 pages a night before you went to bed on a field that you wanted to be an expert in, maybe it's investing in building passive income, just 10 pages. In five years, you will far exceed those other people that say they want to be doing the same thing and claim to be an expert in their field. In 10 years, you will be a master of that field. When you break it down into that simple, isn't it mind blowing? And don't you ask yourself, what is the one thing that I wish I was winning at in the next five years, such that it would make me closer to uh, my goals, my passion and the life I want by design. And if you can get clear on what is the one thing, then go pick up a book. Go read, go invest in yourself, go get knowledge. It builds like compound interest. Everybody can do it, but many of them won't. You can volunteer, you can watch videos, you can shadow mentors. I was talking to a gal yesterday. Um, she said, hey, I, I, wanna, I wanna be in your world. I wanna do what you guys are doing. And I said, cool, show up with a shovel. <laughs> like, let's go. There's always work to be done, but you better show up with a shovel. And I know that sounds so silly, but so many people want to be included and not everybody is willing to show up with a shovel and do the work. And sometimes the work doesn't pay what you think it should pay. Sometimes it's a sacrifice for now so that you can have what you want later. 
Number five, have a clear, clear vision. If you don't know where you're headed, you won't even recognize it when you're off the path. So many people are out there chasing rainbows and shiny objects. They're looking for a fast track. I speak to so many excited entrepreneurs and they want to try everything because they really haven't focused long enough on a single thing to get a positive result. So they keep trying more. I see a lot of, um, a lot of sales. It's like in sales, it's like, oh, well, I sell this and I sell that and I sell this. And, and when you focus on one thing and win at it first, then you can add other branches then you can add other, um, you know, other streams of income, but you have to win at one so that you can duplicate the process. When pinch also, um, I was thinking about this because as I was talking to a friend yesterday and they were pitching their sales idea to me, I just kept hearing so many things. There was such a lack of clarity. And when you pitch your ideas to somebody, you, you have too many different directions and you're not clear on your vision you sound lost and you sound like a really risky investment. You sound like a risky bet. Somebody who's not clear on the mission, doesn't really know where they're headed. And you have to be, if you want people to get on your bus, you have to be clear on why your bus is moving in that direction and why you're sure that what you're doing is going to get it there faster than everybody else and why they should get on the bus. And I'll tell you, like, sometimes you just got to stop and have white noise Take time off work if you have to, and just go sit and get clear on your mission, on your vision, on the destination. Share it with people so that when you start getting off track, you can go back to your notes and you can say, oh, I see where I got off track, and you can quickly readjust on course. So I'm going to reset the room really quick because I have the ability to ramble for 30 minutes. <laughs> And uh, it's amazing how fast this goes by. But you're in Breakfast with Champions, the Millionaire Breakfast Club. And we are now running 12 hours of programming every single weekday starting at 5 a.m. Eastern. We are starting at 6 a.m. to noon on Saturdays. And Club 111 is on Sundays with some great spiritual growth. Click on the greenhouse in the top of the screen. If you're following the club, you'll get notified when these great speakers are pouring into you. If you want to take a picture and post it to your Instagram and tag it with Breakfast with Championship Club, that would be awesome. Hashtag BWC Champions. Um, we will love seeing that out there and love seeing your support. So appreciate that. Right now, we are talking about 10 ways to be prepared when opportunity strikes or arises. Oftentimes, it's everywhere, but we're just not in a position to execute and to take advantage of it. So we are on number six, and number six is have a plan. It sounds absolutely basic, and it is. Have a plan. Make sure that it includes numbers. You hear a lot of coaches talk about SMART goals, um, making them measurable, making them specific. You have to be able to ask yourself at the end of the day, did I accomplish that? And the answer can only be yes or no. The only way that you can answer the question with a yes or a no is if it was measurable. Did I generate three leads? Did I um, find one investment opportunity? If it's measurable, and I ask you, hey, did you execute and did that work for you today? The answer is yes or the answer is no. Um, but so often we don't make things measurable and specific. And so what happens is it's like, well, I kind of did. And 
that's not a yes or no. That means you're not setting those goals right and you don't have a clear plan. So have a clear plan, um, include the numbers, keep it simple. The best thing that I can tell you is follow a model of someone who's been there before you. I say all the time, block your chicken exits. Um, I have all kinds of chicken exits. Chicken exits are the things that I know are going to be my personal excuses. And if I can put myself in a place where I know when I'm about to use the chicken exit and I can stop it, for instance, if you told me to go do 75 hard and work out at the gym, I would tell you I would absolutely fail. I live out of town. I would make up every reason for not getting to the gym. So blocking my chicken exit seems uh, like to me is put the gym right in your house. You have no excuses. So think about your chicken exits. Think about your excuses for not having a plan and taking action and then block your chicken exits. Make it so that it's impossible to say that you could not do something. If you find yourself, this is another Warren Buffett quote for you. If you find yourself on a sinking boat, energy devoted to changing boats is more productive than energy devoted to chasing and patching the leaks. Sometimes we just had the wrong plan. Sometimes we didn't follow a plan. Sometimes we were trying to make up the plan as we went along. And the best thing that you can do is follow a model and a plan that has already worked, that's already proven, and do not tweak that plan until you've mastered it first. So often we want to tweak it and change it and make it fun. But all of a sudden we're on the sinking boat and we've got all of these holes. Sometimes the easiest thing if you're on a sinking boat with all the holes is change the plan. Maybe you had the wrong plan to begin with. I have this challenge within myself where, but I put so much time into it. But, I, but the truth is if the dang boat is sinking, find a boat that's not sinking. <laughs> Um, it seems absolutely basic, but sometimes we just never had the right plan to begin with and we need to go back to square one, find the model and execute on the simple plan. There's also a great saying that says, if you find yourself in a hole, stop digging. Sounds so obvious. So why do we do it? When we look at our checkbooks, when we look at our bank balances and we find ourselves in a hole, why don't we stop digging? Go do that audit with your checkbook. Go find those red things that are stupid. If you have to get rid of the car that you're paying too much money for, get over yourself. Go do right by your future self and go drive something you can afford. I see this so much. It makes me want to stink and cry. Number seven, have flexibility. The only sure thing that is that nothing goes exactly the way that you imagined in your head, right? Like you always have this plan, but it never goes exactly as planned. So have alternate routes to the same outcome. Have, because people on your team will change. Costs of doing business will change. The market, the real estate market will change. Opportunities will change. Never be so tight with your budget that you can't be flexible. This is really scary to me. Um, I see a lot of people who've gotten into the Airbnb investments and they have literally like, you know, put a very small amount of money down and they're depending on Airbnb income. And right now it's working. It's really good. It's awesome income. I own a few myself. I bought mine differently. I bought mine looking at them and making them such that if I lost half my income and they told me I had to take those things back to a long-term rental and drop the income significantly, I'm still okay because the plan I used allowed for that. 
don't be so tight with your budget that you can't be flexible. Never be so tied to a specific outcome that you're paralyzed in the event that things change. I see this a lot of times where people are just not flexible. They had this view in their head and they're, you know, they, they had this path in their head. They were going that direction and they absolutely like, it's not working. It's not working. It, and they just are paralyzed and they cannot pivot because they were so sure of the clear vision in their head that they had zero flexibility. Be willing to pivot. Be willing to take another avenue, an alternate route to get to the same destination. Sometimes there's road work ahead that you didn't know about. Number eight, have resources. Be a constant connector. Be a giver. Go give to people, connect people, help them win. If you help others win, they will help you win, and they will connect you to their most valuable resources when you need them. If you help them win, they will show up for you. Number nine, have courage. Believe that it can happen for you. I find that this is probably, and these are not in any specific order, but this is probably one of the things that I see stop people from taking advantage of opportunities and building passive income and creating portfolios. They actually think that it can happen to everybody else, but that it's not something that can happen for them. And I think of, uh, I think of my daughter, my daughter is a little spitfire, man. That little girl is a little firecracker and she is relentless at her pursuit of things. If she, she's a gymnast and she wants to learn how to do a certain type of tumble or a certain type of flip, she will try, she will try, she will try, she will try. The sun will be going down. It will be cold. No mom, we're doing it. We're doing it. And I tell her, I'm like, you got to go educate yourself. We don't like she, she comes up with things that I don't have the skills to teach her, but she wants me to coach her and teach her. And, um, so we watched the videos on YouTube and we, uh, you know, the, the coach part of this, she had that for a while and she decided she didn't love gymnastics that much, but she, she will try and try and try and she'll get herself all emotional because it's not working. And I stop her and I say, stop, close your eyes visualize it happening for you. Visualize yourself doing it. What does your body look like? What actions are you taking? What are you focused on? What, like, don't be distracted. Visualize it happening perfectly and then go take action. So have the courage. Believe that it can happen to you. Visualize yourself doing it. Here's another quote for you that I just loved. The most important quality that an investor can have is temperament and not intellect. You need temperament that neither derives great pleasure. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm totally typed that out twice and I'm reading it funny, but you need temperament that basically doesn't get great pleasure or feel horrible for going with or against the crowd. You need to be willing to look dumb to others, be willing to work opposite and be the outlier and the outsider. Following the crowd is usually the guarantee to one of the most financial, one of the most biggest financial uh, errors that you can make. When you follow the crowd and you don't stand back and actually have the courage to walk your own path, oftentimes the crowd is not doing what you should be doing. If you look at the net worth of the majority of the United States, I promise you, you should not follow the crowd. So have the courage to be yourself. Have the courage to, to look dumb in the eyes of others. That's okay. This is your journey, not theirs. Have the courage to be the outsider and to run your own race. Number 10, have an exit strategy. When you find these opportunities that you attract come up, 
sometimes we talked about um, having taken the right opportunity, but sometimes you find out it's with the wrong people. And one of the things that I've learned to be the greatest um, gold nugget for myself is having a good exit strategy. If you're not willing to own the stock in 10 years, don't own it for 10 minutes. And the same thing goes in real estate. Buy something that you love it enough that you will be content owning it, even if the market shifts, if things change, because things do change. Find advisors to help you write contracts in ways that breakups are easy. Breakups are never easy, let me tell you. Whether it's divorce from a partnership, a project, a relationship, an investment, breaking up and divorce from that commitment can be financially detrimental. Like it's actually amazing how this can destroy you. If you didn't have an exit strategy, the cost of lawyers, the loss of time, the loss of money, it sucks the motivation, the inspiration, it sucks it from you and it can literally rob you of years of your life, of years of potential opportunity that you could have taken and moved forward on. And I just say to you that when you go into any kind of investment, any kind of project, any kind of joint venture, ask yourself, what is the worst thing that could happen? And am I okay? Will I be okay if that happens? What is another way to, what's a way to exit this partnership easily? Um, if for some reason it doesn't work out, I had a, a great advisor tell me once, um, I had, you know, opportunity as it starts to pop up and as it starts to come around you, you start seeing it everywhere and you're like, oh my gosh, this is so fun, but I don't know which one to take. And I had an incredible guy who just kills it in my space. And he's like, actually, he's one of the best in the country. And he's like, Hey, I want to partner with you. I need you. And I'm like, okay, well, that sounds fun. And I love what you bring to the table. This seems like this could be a good potential. And I had some of my mentors and some of my advisors sit with this kid and ask him, what were his intentions? What did he think that he was going to get from me that was going to boost his business and move him forward? And as they talked to him, they said, they came back to report to me um, like, hey, this kid doesn't have a real clear path. He's not sure what he wants. Like he needs help and he thinks you're going to save him. And I said, oh, no, this opportunity is so fun. This kid is fun. This will, this will be a great business venture. This will, and I say kid. I call everybody kid. But anyway, this guy's a phenomenal investor, a phenomenal. He runs a huge real estate team and does a ton of business. But my mentor said, I'm, I'm so thankful that I asked the people around me to sit with this person and to just um, break bread with them and learn about them because I didn't believe their intentions were ill. It definitely was not that but I did believe that we could be so excited that we were blind. And if you remember before that excitement can also make you broke. So one of my mentors said, don't create a new LLC. Don't start a new business with this guy. Bring him in as a agent on your team and profit share with him. That way, if he chooses to leave because he didn't think through what he was doing and didn't know what was going on, that he can easily exit. He doesn't own half of your business. And it's not a bad breakup. You guys can still remain friends. And it was the best advice. It literally saved me probably $100,000 because we went through this. It was, bring, it was like bringing two families together where, you know, you've got different rules, different values, different 
systems, different everything. And it was like, ew, this isn't as fun as we dreamed it up. This is not really as fun as we thought. And so we chose to exit that relationship. And it was such an easier exit because we had an exit strategy because we made it such that, um, you know, somebody who'd been there before us could advise us how to create that, that contract and make it less sticky. So I leave you with an idea and then I want to open it up for thoughts. I want to, I want to hear about um, some things that you do to prepare for opportunity. But one of the thoughts that I had was on action. Um, one of the, while I was digging up fun quotes, predicting the rain doesn't count, building the ark does. Go take the action. I can tell you all the things in the world to prepare you for seeing the opportunity and jumping on it. But if you just listen to me, it means nothing. And it's a waste of everybody's time. So predicting the rain, just the fact that you're thinking about it and you're here, yes, that counts for something, but you have to go take it and say, what's the one thing that she said today that I'm going to go take action on? And I just encourage you, actually, if you would share with me, what is one thing that we just discussed in the last hour that you're going to go think about and go take action on in your own life? What is one aha for you? I'm going to open up some hand raising. Moderators on the stage, if you are already up here and you want to chime in, go for it while I open some hand raising up. I can chime in, Kristen, while you pull people up. Yeah, go for it. Well, welcome to Afternoons. We're so excited you're here, and I'm so excited for all of the health and wealth experts we have on stage right now. You know, the one thing that stood out to me was when you were saying that, um, and I didn't quite catch if she was a current client or a prospective client, but she kind of challenged you a little bit, and you said that you said, ma'am, you can contact every single one of my clients I ever worked with and ask them what that experience was like and, you know, where my heart is in that. And I think that sometimes women entrepreneurs in particular, if someone challenges them, they kind of shrivel up. They're kind of like, oh, maybe it's just not a fit. And I like the fact that you were like, ma'am, I got this. I got you. You can ask anyone. You can check my references. I was like, go, Kristen. So I just wanted to highlight that. I thought that was powerful. I'm done speaking. You know, it really does give you freedom, too. When you know that you have a book of business, that you have done everything you can to take care of in the right way, it doesn't mean that things don't go wrong. It doesn't mean that things don't go messy. It means that you take care of them and that you, that you do the right thing even when the mess occurs, right? And I saw years ago, um, there's a guy, Russell Shaw, who's out of the Arizona real estate market, and I loved his listing presentation. This man just brings in more business than most agents across the country. And I'm like, what's the difference between his success and others? And I noticed on the back of his marketing um, pamphlet was a bunch of phone numbers of all of the clients that he had done business with. And it was like, I don't even know what they're going to say, but feel free, give them a call. And I thought, wow, that's incredibly powerful. And I also, I had a, a, a friend that I was looking at a business opportunity with, and he said, call everybody on my team, call them all, ask them whatever you want to know about being in business with me. Because the best thing that you can do going into an opportunity with me is know the good, bad, and the ugly. And so I just applaud the confidence of people who know that they show up their best, even when it's messy. It's not always clean, but they always um, work to do the right thing. And I think it does help so much in building a business. And I appreciate you, you know, seeing that and, and commenting on that. That's awesome. Oh, I see Jacob. How do I say that? Abuela? Abuela. Uh, like the B. Uh, say, say it for, it for me. me. 
don't buy your tongue. Abiola. 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 What you can just call me B. Let's be B as in B. Uh, come listen. on now, come on now, share with us. <laughs> I mean, come on, listen. Right now, I'm still on. Uh, I'm undergoing a kind of um, passion uh, project. If you look at my bio, um, and the project is um, taking a bit of Africa to the rest of the world, which means product will be coming from um, Africa to the United States for a start. And the, dis the distributor saw the um, potential of the business and it kind of um, offered to partner with me. And I have been contemplating that offer. Coming to this room today, I got clarity. The reason why I came up, I'm like, oh my God, thank you very much. Thank you for the clarity. Now I know what to do. I know what to ask. I know that I have to not even be in the same room alone, maybe probably with my lawyer to make sure everything's in place. Um, I appreciate you. That was a masterclass. Thank you very oh. much. Thank you. That makes my heart happy. That's awesome. If you can learn from my failures, I give them to you. Please do. That's I, I have found myself in many messy rooms or me messy places where I didn't do it right the first time. So I love that something that you heard um, can definitely, you know, add value to the, the place that you're in right now today. Who else? How do you identify an opportunity and how are you prepared for it when it comes to the table? Or have you ever been in a place where maybe you weren't prepared and you missed out on an opportunity? That'd be an interesting conversation. Hey, Kristen, it's Tamara. I'd love to chime in. Go for it. First off, crazy that you mentioned your daughter in gymnastics and visualization. I am literally prepping for the five o'clock segment and I'm going to be talking about that. So God is good. I love um, it. So cool. But additionally, I wanted to actually take note to the fact that oftentimes um, in preparation and preparation through vision, right? Preparation through setting our goals, we can actually close doors on opportunities that are actually meant for us. Um, and interestingly enough, the the Grow for God conference, the Grow Your Business for God's Sake conference, I, I actually basically declined Glenn twice <laughs> when we talked about this. Nothing against Glenn, but I just, I had this vision that had been deposited multiple times for months and I had already created control over or uh, what it was that I was designing. And sure enough, in the third time, third time's a charm, was when we, I finally released that control. I put aside ego. I put aside what I thought would be it. And now it's literally propelled into this whole other concept of opportunity that is in, beyond my wildest dreams and expectations. And so I think that there is a parallel conversation happening as far as how do you approach or address or receive opportunities. It's how um, do you often let go of or reject based on the same exact experience of receiving and so both are important to really um, wrap your head around I really love this conversation I love that that is so good and that goes along with the rule of being flexible right like knowing where you want to go but being flexible and how you get there I heard a quote one day about and I'll probably butcher this but it was something to the effect of when there's a rocket ship going to space and you're invited to get on you don't ask what seat you know you're sitting in and I have to agree with you. There has been several times, and even some I can think of right now, where I'm so 
sure of the way that something is supposed to go that I turn down the opportunities all around me. And I, I love that conversation. I would, I love the, I'd love to even continue the dialogue. Oops, sorry, dogs. <laughs> sorry, my husband's walking in and the dogs are going crazy. Um, but the, the dialogue of how do you know, what made you Tamara say, okay, third time's a charm. I'm going to go ahead and take this. What, tell me, walk me through what that looked like and why the third time you changed your mind. Well, so there is this, um, just this epiphany moment as he shared with me his own revelation and vision for it, uh, that led me in the, this specific phrase is what he said. He said, I have a solution. And I'm like, you have a solution. I didn't know I had a problem. Right. <laughs> and so I immediately started unpacking that as he was sharing. And then he laid out this vision of what could be. And as that happened, I realized that I was hitting roadblocks. I re realized that I was um, back in this similar rhythm that I often will get stuck in is of striving. And I really believe that if something is supposed to happen, no different than us all formulating here on Breakfast with Champions, it was a seamless integration. And so um, literally within 24 hours, that shift uh, was proven to be true based on doors opening, opportunities coming, the roadblocks I had been hitting for the past several months solo, uh, literally being put to rest. And so there just needs to be this recognition that there is symmetry and seamlessness when we're following suit with what cards we're meant to be utilizing rather, rather than the cards that we're trying to pick up or count, right? Counting cards, no good. Yeah, for sure. And sometimes we're knocking on this door and knocking on this door and knocking on this door and the door may not be opening. And it may be because it is the wrong door that we're knocking on. And I think a lot of times, and I don't know about you, but a lot of times I don't take opportunity because of experience that I've had in um, failed relationships, failed partnerships. I have this tendency to just people so deeply. And so what I've learned over the years is I trust myself the most. And sometimes I'll sneak back and I'll say no to all the opportunities around me because I want control of the vehicle, right? I want to, I want to know that I'm safe and I know I'm safe with me. And so I love that you allowed yourself to be vulnerable and kind of pivot your own goals and your dream to put some trust in somebody else. Um, even after you had said no so many times. And I also think what, what I heard you say is that there was lack of clarity and whether it was that it wasn't said or that you didn't hear it, maybe you weren't ready to hear it, but there was this lack of clarity in the mission, the back to the idea of knowing where you want to go, having the ability to articulate it clearly. Um, yesterday, as I was talking to a gal, she was articulating what she thought she wanted to tell me in the time that she had me on the phone. And I was just, I was confused. There was, um, there was a lack of ability to articulate it. And it was just a matter of practice. Like go get super clear on what you need from me because I'm happy to help, but I need to know exactly what you need from me and how we're going to get there. Um, but what I just heard you say is there may have been some lack of clarity in the first couple conversations that, Thank God for Glenn being relentless and asking and asking and banging down the door. Eventually you're like, I get it. Yes, you're right. That is a solution. I love it. Yeah, I think that it goes back to that visualization piece. I'm so much a visual learner. And so here's 
the problem. Here's the solution. Let me showcase it to you in a visual experience that you can then grasp hold of and clarity and visualization go hand in hand. So I, I think that's spot on. Your brain doesn't even know, like if you can visualize something occurring, your brain does not even know what is real and what is fake. So you can train your brain. I, I think, I, I don't know, going on a, on a bunny, bunny trail, I think that uh, virtual reality is just the ability to see things that aren't actually there, like just the ability to stop, to be quiet, to be in a space where you can close your mind and visualize it actually happening, whether it's through technology or whether it's, you know, just through using your mind, you can create um, a brain that believes that you've done it before. And because you've done it before, it's not afraid to do it again. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. And then there's also the component of fear that comes into that, right? Because you can create an ulterior reality that is false and then keeps you in stuck, keeps you in the boat, keeps you away from those things, um, especially if you've had trauma, like you were mentioning on relational break or something uh, partnership wise that has fallen through. So yeah, I think it's so important for us to live in that present, but then the visualization of what could become and letting that failure just be focused in as an opportunity rather than uh, an actual failure in the premise of the like secular world concept. So I love this conversation. Thanks, Kristen. Yeah, ab absolutely. Thanks for chiming in. So talk to me, somebody out there, somebody on this stage, when was a time when an opportunity presented itself to you and maybe you just flat out weren't prepared for it. I'd be curious to hear, did it come back or did it pass on and you took future opportunities? Talk to me about that. Hey, Christian, this is Ramon. I'm happy to share if you like, unless somebody else is Hi, ahead, Ramon. I'm happy to wait. No, come on in. Talk to me about an opportunity that maybe you weren't prepared for. Yeah, I think I, I, I started four companies and sold two of them. And I think a lot of these opportunities have come. Um, but I think that, listen, the last company, smallbiztechnology.com, not selling anything to the audience here, just to be clear, I sold it. I don't own it. But a fellow blogger came and bought it for him from me two years ago. I wasn't quite prepared for it. Maybe I could have got more money, you know, Kristen. But I think that one thing I wanted to share to your question is that I also don't, quote unquote, cry or spill milk. You see mm -hmm. this sometimes on Shark Tank. It's like, Kristen's like, Ramon, do you want a billion dollars for your socks? There's no need for me to chat about it, talk about it, call my mama. A billion dollars for a pair of dirty <laughs> socks? The answer is yes. And you, I'm metaphorical. You get what I'm saying? So that's yes. my two cents. I think that... Yeah, you don't want to be too stupid, but overall, if we're blessed, life is good. You're not suffering like they're doing in other parts of the world. You learn and move on. What do you think? I love it. I think forward trajectory, like you are just trying to be moving forward no matter what. And I see that a lot in the housing industry. People will call all the time and say, oh, I should have kept my house and sold it now. Well, you don't have a crystal ball. You're never going to know. Uh, you're never going to be able to time the market. You're just, you have to win more than you lose. Like you're just moving forward, moving forward, moving forward. And I do see, I see a lot of people who um, maybe they sold too early and, and later they're looking and they're saying, well, I, I'm going to hold because I'm going to watch the market go up. And unfortunately, by holding on to that old experience, rather than trusting the process and just trusting the forward movement, they sometimes mess themselves up because they wait too long, they hold on too long, and then they do lose. And so I think being focused on the fact that you did have a gain versus focused on, um, you know, could have, should have, would have. I The thing about real estate and opportunity is there's always lots of them. I have a lot of investment um, clients that I coach. And one of the things that they always say is, 
well, how about this one? Or maybe this one? Well, we don't want to make the wrong choice. And the truth is, is it positive cash flow? Is it going to grow in equity? Is it going to appreciate? If, if we're moving forward, we're winning. You don't have to wait for the one single best win because you'll probably miss it if you're trying to time it. So I love that. And uh, just focusing on forward movement and it doesn't have to be perfect, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks so much for letting me contribute. Great show. Yes, absolutely. Questions, comments. What do you got for me? What's an aha that you took away today that you're going to implement into your life? This is a different crowd. This is a much like calmer. People are listening at uh, at work probably and not able to chime in. The morning crowd is like, there's so many people in there. There's a lot of activity. You have to leave a ton of time for talking. <laughs> what do you got? What kind of questions? I'll go, Christian. It's Christina. Hi, Christina. Hello. So, um, I talked about this yesterday, and um, one thing that I spoke about is um, saying no, uh, saying no to things that are not in alignment with my goal. And you mentioned it again. I think it was number um, number one. Um, so pretty much saying no. Again, I, I guess that that was my aha again today. <laughs> Confirmation that I need to start saying no more. Uh, went to things that are not in alignment with my mission, where I'm working to get to. So that's my aha again today. Absolutely. Saying no more than you say yes. I think that we we um, we think of no as a negative word, and so we try to stay away from it. But when we really understand that um, the greatest success comes from saying no more often, not less often, that that's kind of a big aha because we tie that word, that no word to negativity. But I love that. Thank you for sharing. Josh, hello, sir. How are you today? I'm doing fantastic. How are you? I am good. Thank you for joining us. What was an aha that you had or a question that you thought of? Oh, yeah, man. Uh, this is Josh Fernandez with the Pink Background with Sue here. And uh, one aha moment was actually, it's actually in relation to Chris, Christina, you know, um, saying no, that I had an aha moment that saying no, when you say no to something, you're saying yes to something else. You know, uh, when you're saying no to a bad diet, you're saying yes to a healthy lifestyle. So I was, I realized that my big aha moment was not every no in life is a negative, right? A lot of no's in life is a positive and life is about seasons, it's about times and it's about knowing and recognizing the season you're in and the time you're in. And that often takes a lot of no's, takes you taking a seat back relaxing having that quiet time and just realizing hey it's not that time not yet no to now but yes to me so that's that's a big aha moment that i'd like to share my name I is love Josh it. i love it that is just so awesome Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.